you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello, this is Aeneas Williams, and welcome to the Legends Podcast. Prior to Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta, we recorded a roundtable of former NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winners, hosted by NFL Network's Steve Weiss. Let's listen in. Ladies and gentlemen, you saw the video. Now let's meet the members of this next panel. Willie Lanier, Hall of Famer. Will Shields, also a gold jacket. Right here, Willie. Troy Vincent, come on up. And Jason Witten. All right, let's give these guys a round of applause because they set the table for so many of us. It's one of the main reasons why we are here for this distinguished award. All right, so let's go ahead and sit down. And Willie, I'm going to start with you. We heard some of the earlier panels, some of the current players talk about what, what made them get involved and what kind of sparked their desire to inspire and to have an impact in the community. What, what got you going and why was that so important to you? Well, arriving in Kansas City in 1967, the Chiefs were very much involved in community service, outreach uh, throughout the whole organization. So one thing that you wanted to do in trying to be consistent with your expectations was to have interest in being open to assisting different organizations. So I remember one of the things that I had led was a $100,000 campaign for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Kansas City because growing up in Richmond, there were many times that I had benefited from being involved in the Boys and Girls Clubs. So it was just one of expanding the opportunities that you had gained from being in the game and trying to be more of a community citizen than just someone who played the sport. Jason? Yeah, well, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, I, I said it before, you know, being the recipient of the Walter Payton Man of the Year is by far the greatest accomplishment I had in my career, and I'm sure these other guys would say the same thing. I won it in 2012, and, and it's amazing the years after that that I've gone back or they've had events. And, you know, if you ever just take a look at the list of the names that are on that, not only some of the greatest players to ever play, but some of the greatest people that have ever been a part of the NFL. And so it was a huge honor to receive this award and to all the current players that were nominated. I know that they understand how fortunate it is to, to be just nominated for an award like that. And you know, similar to what Willie was saying, you know, I think all of us have challenges and, and things that we have to overcome in our life. I was no different coming from a broken home and, uh, you know, getting drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. I realized very early in my career that that was a huge platform for me, not only on the field, but off the field as well and wanted to make a difference. And it was simply that, just try to make a difference in one person's lives at a time. And, you know, it just grew into a foundation and a lot of work and being able to partner with the league and the Cowboys 
Just incredible what we were able to do. This award and Walter Payton Man of the Year, what that stands, I, I think all of us would say that it's the greatest accomplishment of my career. Well, for, for me, it was learning about what it was to be a pro. We had a lot of guys from Kansas City that was doing things in the community. We had Willie Lanier that already won the Walter Payton. We had Derek Thomas that had won the Walter Payton. But what was really interesting was we had 17 guys that were doing stuff in the community, and I wanted to be a part of that group. I wanted to prove myself to be a part of the group and be, be remembered as a guy that sort of gave of himself. But I did have a great mentor in, in Coach Tom Osborne that started us down the road and had us give speeches to kids and to go from there and say, okay, what difference did you make today? And you're going, I'm offensive lineman. What kind of difference can I make by going to give a kid a speech? So I start talking about different things that I've been through. And then the kids come up to me and they write letters and they tell you that, hey, I'm thinking the same way you think. I still have the same things that you have. And just to see where you are gives me, you know, passion, gives me growth. And so I use the guys that came before me and the guys that were with me to sort of say, I want to have that same longevity that they had. For myself, just growing up, I, I always wanted to, I was a dreamer like most of us in the room. And I always used to dream of if I had anything, what would I do with it? And if I, if I had more resources, how many more people can we affect? And my wife, uh, Tommy, and I, we, we just wanted to make a difference. And as the Lord blessed us with, with more and, and more and more, we had it all. And uh, we just said, hey, in our hometown of Trenton, New Jersey, uh, what can we do? From mentorship programs, from feeding kids to, um, again, we couldn't stop giving. And as much as the Lord was giving us, we wanted to give back. Well said. Well said, Troy. And, and Troy, I want to circle back to you because, you know, one of your jobs in the National Football League is to really push forward the agenda, be it social justice, be it community service, be it for players to be more than NFL players. And when you look at today's players, because we know in the NFL, especially over the past two or three years, the emphasis on getting out in the community has really, I mean, we've seen it go to another level. I mean, I work for your network. We do more broadcasting and publicizing of this. Where do you, where do you think this has gone? Because players have always done things in the community and given back. But where, where do you think this has gone over the past two years? Because we're seeing so many extraordinary things. Well, I think we've made a choice as a league to make sure we promote the greatness of our players. They've been doing this for decades. We've just made a conscious choice and an intentional choice to promote the goodness in the men. Why? Why not? I mean, why shouldn't we? When, when the men are producing, not just on the field and off the field, the quarterbacks are playing at a phenomenal rate. We have a great game, and these men are doing phenomenal work, not just here domestically, but across the globe. No other sport can say that. The men doing phenomenal work, the game is exploding. You got young stars. You have gold jackets in the waiting still playing. The game is just exciting. And then yet we're giving. We continue to give. Willie, when you hear the man to your right, Jason Witten, say that the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is the greatest honor he could ever achieve as a football player, Jason's going to be joining you in Canton one day. Okay. We, we, we hope that, and I'm looking forward. To that <laughs> he's going to get there. But when... I mean, because we, we've done, and Will, we've been, we've been in, to the ceremonies in Canton, and it seems it's such a mind-blowing 
experience knowing that your, 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 hall, your, your bus is in that hall forever. But when you hear someone whose bus is going to be in there say, this Walter Payton Man of the Year Award means that much to him, what do you think that, that says about the importance of this? One of the things that happens is I sit here, and I was the award winner in 1972, and I look at the picture of Walter Payton. I played against him. And having played against him, it becomes even more special. But then also sitting out in the audience is number 50, Mike Singletary. Mike, would you stand? And Everybody. Mike was the NFL yes, man sir. of the year himself and played with Walter in Chicago. So the essence for all of us to have had the benefit of an award, community service, and if you think about sport at all times, this has been of a community anyway. At every level, it's been of a community. It expands itself. It gives people a chance to come together to appreciate everything that it could do for them and for others. And I think part of it is that one of you are constantly paying back. All of those who might not sit in the room, might not be a part of it, but this is the way you can extend it and say thanks. But Will, when you, when you see the greatness, you know, the, you know, again, the legacy of all of this, and then, again, we see today's player. You guys, you guys, Willie and, and Jason and you and George, you guys started so many things for these players on and off the field. What's it like watching what some of these guys are doing right now? When you see your Chris Long, you know, and the Water Boys Project, and, and when you see Whitney Merciless and all the money he's raising for special needs kids, what's that like now to see kind of the growth of what's going on by the players? Well, it's a stepping stone. It's, it's a growth. Everyone gets bigger and better as we get older and as they move on and the next generation can generate more and create more. We want to be able to create awareness of all different issues and different things that because we're a microcosm of the world in itself and we've all been affected by it differently in different ways. So if we can bring a little light to where we grew up and where we feel our passion, we let everyone else grow within that. And, and I think that's what makes it unique and being able to have the social media and the other pieces to make it expand it's, it's like lightning in a bottle because they can send it out and everybody sees it instantly compared to us. You know, we had to, you know, build a little event here and then grow from there and have your teammate do this. And then you hope that people know what you did outside of the Kansas City market or wherever it is, where now it's instant. You know, you can make it live and people can see it and be a part of it, but also they can respond to it. And, and that's part of building that that community base of understanding of how powerful this game and this sport and these young men have become. Jason, was it important to get noticed? Because again, guys like Willie and, and Will, a lot of it wasn't publicized like it is today. Do you think the works you did, whether it was for uh, personal gain or spreading the message, like we heard the earlier panel talk about globally, nationally, is it, was it important to you to get noticed for the work you did? Not really. I mean, I think that's the beauty in this award. You know, um, I, I read in a, Walter's book uh, before I even met the family that, you know, when he was playing, that the secretary that worked like kind of the front office, she, she was sick or she was dealing with some stuff. And he went and replaced her and so she could go get some break because she, she was getting some treatment for the illness she was having. And so it was a few years later that I was a, a finalist for the award and I got to meet the family, Connie and Brittany and Jarrett. And, you know, it really hit me then like, wow, I didn't win it that year, but I got to see what they were all about. And 
I think that's the beauty of this award, and I think it's great what the NFL's doing of bringing all 32 of these guys here so that they can experience it. And I don't think any of these guys currently would say they do it to get recognized for that. I think, just like Will said, it's, it's kind of a byproduct of the people in front of you. In Dallas, I heard about Roger Staubach, I heard about Troy Aikman, and now Dak's the recipient and seen the work that he's done when I played with him. And so that just carries over. I, think, I really do think that that's the beauty of this award is it's not so that people can see it, but it's truly to make a difference. When a community does that, to Troy's point, that's when the, the, the award really takes on a new meaning and you want to honor those guys. And I sort of take it as it's not my award. It's the people that, that supported whatever that cause is. It's really theirs. So I get a chance to say it's a Kansas City Award because that's where everything happened and that was a part of it and that was the, the, the pushing point to it. So it's, yeah, my name is on it and I do get to carry it home, which is good. But it's pretty it's, heavy too, isn't it's, it? It's, <laughs> the, it's, you know, it's the community that helped get there and, that, and that's another piece of it. What was it like uh, last year to see so many, if not all of the, the living Walter Payton Man of the Year award winners at the Super Bowl? getting recognized for that because again some of them did live under some sort of anonymity it was before social media what was it like just to be you know kind of all together on that field Willie I'll start with you well it was tremendous because as I said let's bring the mic up as I said here this evening I was awarded it in 1972 so that allows me to see everyone who has come after me and with J.J. Watt winning it last year it was tremendous because it has served a purpose that many of us couldn't truly appreciate, but when you think of scholarships and the $5,000 in the scholarship went to five Kansas City students, $25,000 in total, I remember about 20 years later, I'm in the investment business in Virginia, I'm attending a conference, and a young man comes up to me and said, I won your NFL Man of the Year scholarship. And he had gone on to law school working for U.S. Telecom in Denver, Colorado, and the reality is that all of that touched someone, his family, and generations to come. And that's really touching and warm because you think about the magnitude of something that you won, and it could benefit someone else in many generations. And Troy, working for the league, again, you know, the league has really gotten behind it. Where, where, do, you, where do you kind of see some of this headed because we, again, we, we hear all of you talking about how important this is, the players, the four men who are up here, part of the 32 nominees saying they want to continue to do greater things. What about the league's push and the initiative to keep this, the snowball rolling downhill? Well, I had a special moment last year when we were, we were here when I had the opportunity to present Joe Green his trophy. I, I think the league is, as we look at how could we amplify the greatness of all. And I think there's so much power when we acknowledge, as we've done this year, just a little bit different, there's so much power and influence. You, had, you talked about, you know, what do we see? Man, it is awesome watching these young men play ball and give. And that using their influence, their creativity, you don't know what to expect, and just using their personalities, for us as a lead, we have to say, okay, how do we, caps, how do we grab all of that, that influence and push it out to the world? And that's something that we have to think about. Um, 
we have to talk about, but I tell you what, I actually, I love seeing these young men in here, what they're doing, the families, the Peyton family, what you all represent. We can't bottle it up. Because right now our world, our country, they need the goodness of the, what these young men are putting out in their communities. Chris Long was saying at some point he needs somebody to inherit and take over his Waterboys project because once you're done playing, that shelf life of notoriety goes away. Wrong. I was about to say, would you, would you agree with that? I mean, for, and let's and, and start with that. He said wrong. Would you agree with that? And what types of things are you doing? And, and former winners and, and so many people who used to play are continuing to do to continue on this legacy. Start with Troy. Since you... For myself and my wife, we're, we're now, the one thing that we learned, we was giving so much, we were all over the place, not to mission drift. Meaning there's a lot of people in your, in, your, in your ears saying, hey, you should try this, you should do this. Stay disciplined in what, what's important to you and your passion. Um, and that's what we're doing today. We focus on K through five and creating safe zones, as we say, so that young people still have fun and smiling. So I would just say to the young men, don't mission drift. What God put in your heart to do, continue doing that. Well. Well, you have to realize that when you do retire and you move on and you do different things, it also depends on where you go. Uh, you know, I was fortunate I get a chance to stay in Kansas City and still use the likeliness and things of that for the Chiefs organization and help build it off of there. So we've, you know, basically over the last year and a half just rebuilt a brand new, one of the largest daycare centers in Kansas City. Wow. And so we serve basically almost a thousand kids a day and get an opportunity and we built a gym down there and everything else. And so I was part of a group that, you know, used the power of what we could do. Um, and we just finished a, a capital raise of like $17 million to create something that's unique within the Kansas City market. Well, I just retired last year and, um, you know, I don't know, I think it, I took more criticism this year than I ever did playing, you know, so. Uh, don't, don't buy into it because you're yeah, a broadcast by the way. I don't know how you do it, buddy. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I think you, you, you certainly try to keep your platform going. And uh, the things, as I said, you never did it for those reasons for notoriety. So now you have those programs in place and you, and you keep that focus. And I think uh, Troy said it best for recognizing these 32 guys, keep it uh, the, the, the mission on what their passions are. And... Uh, I think that's the greatest example to me, what I experienced from Walter Payton and his family, was that you can aspire to be the best football player and competitive and set a standard for how you play and, and, and how you go about it, but then also do the same thing off the field. And I, I think that's the message to the 32 uh, winners in this year's, uh, for this year's award. So you just keep it going. That's incredible what Will's got building in Kansas City. and. Uh, I think a huge platform is because you have the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and that's a fraternity, uh, as Willie was saying. You know, I was like a kid in a candy store seeing those past recipients, guys that I looked up to, and, and um, you know, that's, that's a brotherhood that I'm, I'm extremely thankful to be a part of. Willie, what about some of the things you're doing? Because you know, I know Willie and I work together on the Black College Football Hall of Fame. We raise a lot of money for students, scholarships, things like that, but... You're involved in a lot of things, Will. Yeah, scholarships were primary because going back to 72, I had mentioned that it was $25,000, $5,000 scholarships. Me, there you go. So with the scholarship situation being the discussion, I know that at different junctions I was named to the Hall of Fame, and then for the next almost 20 years in Richmond, I think it was $500,000 or $600,000 
that we were able to provide to Richmond Public School students to attend college. And then I most recently was on my Morgan State Foundation Board as chair of that for about six years. And so much of it relates to education and endowed a chair at my school also. So education has been probably the foremost in the lane activity that I feel has come from this. And it all started with the NFL Man of the Year. Steve, I would, I would actually say, when I actually heard Chris say it, immediately what popped in my mind was, giving has no shelf life. Right. Giving has no shelf life. The body and what we do athletically has a shelf life. And the game will end, but our willingness to give, our choice to give, it's endless. I, I want to follow it up, though. And Jason, you, you made a good point. You said you've only been retired for a year. As we know, you got hired from Monday Night Football, so you were able to slip right into another post-playing career. But a lot of players... real money. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a lot of players don't. A lot of players, once they, they finish playing, that transition into post-career football is a tough thing. We hear about it all of the time. And maybe, Troy, you can piggyback on this as well, as maybe what the league is doing with some of its transitional programs, which are fantastic. But, you, you know, you talked about continuing to give and, and doing the right things, but what about that period of, hey, I don't even know what career I'm going to go into, let alone continuing to try to help other people's lives? I mean, that's got to be some, a, a, a very kind of intriguing period right there, trying to figure that part out. Yeah, I mean, it's a whirlwind. I mean, you think you've been playing since you were a little kid and fortunate enough to do it for a long time for a career. And when that's over, the competition, being in the locker room, your, your life, just what you do every morning, uh, that changes for the first time. And, and then, uh, you know, in, in the broadcasting career, everybody's got an opinion of that. So I think the biggest thing is you go back to you find passion in those things. And so like anything, and Will's a great example of that of, when, when you have that going in place, and, and, and Troy said it, you know, like giving doesn't have a shelf life. And so you find yourself wanting to do more. And if anything, it, it gets more organized because you're more hands-on and you're more involved. And you find joy in, in making a difference. And that's certainly been the case for me. And Troy, what about some of the league's transitional programs to help athletes kind of find their, their way in that regard? So that's one of the things. That's our Legends community. And you will be transitioning for the rest of your life. I'm still transitioning. So just because you are, uh, we find ourselves maybe running a business, running our foundation, psychologically, physically, you will be transitioning for the, for the rest of your life. But we're still here to celebrate you. Some of the, the individuals that you, you, you connect with in the locker room, those individuals will, will, they'll go on their own separate ways and that's where we come. The, the men that's on these stage to still love on you, uh, not to pass judgment, um, but to make sure that we're still embracing you and your family um, for the rest of your life. So we have transitional programs. The Players Association have transitional programs because we understand that it's a transition for life. I have to say, one of the most striking things that was ever said to me as a reporter from a player is uh, work done. We know he's one of the most outstanding community service people ever in this league. And one time work said to me, I think I even asked him, like, sometimes do you think that all the work you do in the community overshadows the great things you've done on the playing field. And Warwick said, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think about that sometimes. But then I think our conversation went, there are worse things to really have to debate. And 
Willie, was that ever, because there was no social media and things like that, did you ever felt or feel that the things you were doing outside of football, I mean, you're a Hall of Famer, but did you ever feel it took away or do you think it enhanced what you did on the field? No, I think it enhanced because the reality is that to be who you are, it allowed the fullness of who you were. To play a sport, to be defined in a narrow frame, that's not who you are. And to be giving, caring, concerned, interested, a part of all that this life has to offer meant you had to say thank you to others for that which you had had the ability to benefit from. So that was the, the open kind of expression that I think participating and giving allowed you to have. Jason, you have been a, a very outspoken advocate for anti-domestic violence, for women's rights, for supporting women and families who have been subject to this. Of course, you know, your, your personal experience. Is there a story, I guess, that maybe struck you of a, of a survivor or someone through your foundation or that you just know because they've, they've heard your story that makes you think, you know what, this really is worth it. What we are doing is very, very important. Oh, all the time. I mean, it's, it's incredible to hear those stories. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of those are worse than I ever experienced, you know, and so it, it challenges me to want to do more because I can only think back to my experience and the emotion that I had and I saw my mom had going through something like that. And, uh, you know, that, it, it, it takes a while to work through that. So it's not just one of those things where you can just put a program in place and they're healed and they're better. And that's the thing about domestic violence. It's a, it's a long process of feeling like they're worthy and that they deserve another chance and that they're okay and that their kids, uh, whether they've been abused or they saw that, their, their mom go through something like that. So it, for me, it's just... They, they want your time, they want to hear that it's going to be okay to inspire them and, and tell them that, hey, I was in a similar situation and that you can overcome it and that's not who you are and don't, don't allow yourself to be put in that box. So I think for all of us, that's why you do it. Well said. Gentlemen, I must say it's been my humble honor to share the stage with you, to be in this room with all of these great people supporting these young men. Thank all of you for being here. Let's give a round of applause to our fantastic panelists. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you, guys. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.